0: Hello and welcome to another episode of a German and an Aussie reviewer movie. Our movie this week will be the controversial semi-horror, semi-drama, semi-gross-out film *Saltburn*.
1: Well described, semi-horror. I haven't uh, I haven't thought about that too much, but yeah, there are some some horror thriller elements in it. Definitely. Have you Have you heard of the movie before? It's become it's quite a sleeper hype hit. I would say.
0: I had read bits and pieces that had had several really disgusting scenes. Incidentally, this whole podcast is practically going to be a spoiler for anybody who's thinking of like watching it because it's really hard to discuss it without spoilers, I think.
1: We we can we can do a quick part without spoilers, but uh, we should definitely go into it. Maybe a quick synopsis?
0: Okay, a quick synopsis. Are you going to do the synopsis, Gregor? I'm going
1: to rock the synopsis.
0: Okay. So. Names. We want names, Gregor. Don't forget the names. Don't say that guy and this girl. <laughs> so there's that guy meeting that guy <laughs> at that school. And they right. did this stuff with that guy. And then later that guy did this.
1: Yeah. So that's it. Look, and we kept it spoiler free. So that's amazing. Yeah. this. Uh, so saltburn starts out at an English elite college, I assume it's Oxford, maybe they even say it and uh, we follow a character named Oliver and Oliver is this uh, shy, socially awkward but very, very good student, goes there, starts going to the college there, doesn't have really much friends, only like one very socially awkward uh, guy he meets in the beginning it's kind of like me coming to Sydney meeting you in the beginning, uh, Jared but then (laughs) Just like me, Oliver meets the the hot, cool kid. He uh, becomes friends with a, a yeah very handsome looking, popular um, college kid named Felix. And through some, let's say, uh, lucky circumstances. And yeah, Felix takes a liking with Oliver, they become friends. Felix also feels a bit sorry for Oliver because Oliver has a um, tragic family history coming from a poor background. So once the high school is over and summer vacation starts, Felix decides to take Oliver with him to his family castle on the English countryside. And the castle is called Saltburn. And there we meet uh, the eccentric rich family, as you would expect it from from an English castle. Yeah. And of course, as you would expect it as well, it's uh, a lot of well-known actors most notably i would say rosamund pike as felix mom, and yeah from there on things turn a bit darker without any spoilers or quite a bit darker
0: quite quite a bit yes quite a bit quite a bit
1: (laughs) so let's leave it at that i would say was that was that understandable could you follow what this guy is doing with that guy
0: yes i i think that's a big improvement that we've actually managed to put names (laughs) into things i think that'll help our listeners all 10 of them um yes here, here's here's another one
1: felix mother played by rosa and pike is called elspeth so there's even another name
0: oh that wow we're really we're we're, we're, we're evolving here on this channel we're evolving <laughs> um yes i found this i i'd heard of it but i hadn't really made an effort to see it and then i was told there was here come the spoiler parts. There were some gross-out scenes, and there are. But overall, I, th- I found the first, say, hour, look, I just have to get it out of the way as well. It's got the same problem that every modern movie has. It was filmed during a blackout and it went for too long, but I'm just going to say that and get it out of the way. But I did think about the first hour was really fascinating because Basically, you've got the lead up where Felix meets Oliver. And I also found his accent pretty, a bit too strong at times. Did you find that? I couldn't understand him. Oliver? I'd, yeah, I put.
1: Yeah, put, to- totally. And we we really had to switch on subtitles after like five minutes. It's very I. hard I was to understand.
0: Like, what did he say? Because I had the dishwasher going on in the background too, which didn't help. And I was like, what, what did he say? What was that? But. um, You live, a, you live in an. English
1: castle and you watch a movie about an English castle. It's a very authentic experience for you.
0: I live in an Australian new build, I'll tell you now. Oh, and by the way, I got a quote to get my kitchen bench replaced. Seven thousand dollars, but that's another story. We'll just Australian
1: that. dollars, that's like that's like 20 fifty cents. euros for, for <laughs> like, a European <laughs> listen.
0: Yes, well you yes, you probably got to Aldi and spend that every week. Um yeah, so it is a very the first it, what I did really like about it is it's there's a real there's a lot of money in it. It looks great. it's really good to look at, Did't you think I really enjoyed yeah. looking at it. I haven't seen a film that's that nicely photographed with lots of nice sets and lots of beautiful people and lots of beautiful clothes and lots of beautiful sets. you know what I mean like it was really good to look at,
1: yeah, totally, and we should also mention it goes into a four slash three format. Um, right away so it's a uh, it's actually uh, like the old tv format so that's a very interesting uh, stylistic choice and also it's taken place around 2006 so uh, they also really uh celebrating that with uh, mgmt and flow and an uh, interesting soundtrack and and the look was a bit like that it was like when you were in high school right jerry <laughs>
0: Well, close, close, but I didn't even pick that pick. It. This is how unhip I am. I didn't even pick up that it was 2006 in that movie. I just didn't even pick it up. Which, But I did notice no one had mobile phones, which I thought was odd. So, but I just thought, oh, maybe that's just a, a choice to further the story. But obviously not. It's a historical thing. I think
1: the creators of the movie, um, mainly Emerald Fennel, who um, it's only her second movie. She wrote and directed it. Her first movie is uh, Promising Young Woman, and she's like a typical millennial. So she's rather my age, a, a little bit older, I think. So for her, this was um, the college time. I think that's also why she made that choice. And for me, it was like high school. So it, it was also an interesting flashback, though uh, I didn't go to uh, uh, to Oxford uh, High School, unfortunately.
0: Well, yes, um, I have been to Oxford to visit. I've walked around Oxford, I have to say and it was very grand i thought it was very exciting to look at so yeah and it is as i said it's a very beautiful film particularly when they go back to saltburn which is the castle that which is the castle that he lives in it looks really fantastic i really thought and it and the story you can there's a strong sense of foreboding that something's going to happen but it doesn't happen in quite the way you think it's going to happen for anyone who has seen the talented mr ripley this is a pretty strong storyline that's very similar like, I thought The Talented Mr. Ripley was better overall. But I did think this was really entertaining. And it really did surprise me when things started to change. Like, I was like, oh, wow, I didn't think that.
1: So that's very interesting for me to hear because um, what I did, I was super stupid. I listened to another a movie podcast already. I, I think it was like late last year when they talked about the movie. And I hadn't heard of the movie. The movie wasn't really big. And I was like, I haven't probably not going to watch this so i just listened on the on the podcast while uh commuting to work and and they kind of spoiled the whole story and oh yeah in hindsight that sucked a little bit because i knew all the big twists so it's very interesting to hear from you that for you it it was was uh were good surprises in there
0: oh yeah like it really surprised me when the first incident happened i was like really like because i thought it was get, it it's sort of he, we're getting a bit spoilery here now. I yeah, have to say,
1: for anybody. let's throw it out.
0: I felt it was like because Felix is the wealthy, good-looking, modelly-looking guy with an eccentric, beautiful family and all that sort of stuff, and Oliver is, you know, the the short, slightly awkward guy, and you thought he was going to be like a rich people's plaything, and things were going to go horribly wrong, and they were possibly going to murder him and bury him in the garden or something like that, and but it actually flips the other way and you work out that Oliver is the crazy one and he's infiltrating the family and doing various gruesome things and trying to have sex with various people he was pretty pretty liberal quite experienced for a nerd i thought <laughs> like he certainly wasn't nervous about getting it on with anybody i thought it might have been one of those things where The rich are made out to be decadent and evil and horrible, which is a bit of a theme that runs in films at the moment. But they're not. They're made out to be completely innocent. The middle class guy who's pretending to be from a terrible background is actually the evil, destructive one.
1: Yeah, I can see now how how you thought this might be happening. They set it up more like, oh, he's going to be eaten by the rich, literally, which is, like you say, the the modern topic uh, anyway. So that's a clever, clever twist on that. It is very mr ripley like in the second half so
0: oh very much so
1: um after around half of the movie or quite some time running already we find out that um oliver basically made up all his backstory he's his father's not dead his mom is not alcoholic he actually comes from a very nice probably upper middle class family i
0: thought that was a great scene because basically what happens is Oliver weaves this backstory that he's from a really terrible thing and his mother was an alcoholic and she'd pass out and he used to have to stick his fingers down her throat so she didn't choke and it's really horrible and it sounds terrible and then when you there's a scene where Felix basically decides to take Oliver to confront his family and you know meet them and all this sort of stuff and anyway he's begging him not to do it and then they go there and they're just a nice middle-class family and he's got a couple of brothers and sisters and the parents seemed very nice and the house is lovely and that's when it all starts to fall apart a bit you know and but yeah i thought that was really interesting that his past was revealed to them but i did think it was a little bit wasn't quite entirely believable that after that the guy would go well you can come back to saltburn and stay and have a party you know what i mean like i thought we'll have a birthday party for you i was like i don't know if that but like all gruesome potentially horror drama movies realism isn't what makes them tick
1: no no it definitely and, uh, and uh, of course uh, the characters are uh, very over the top um yes the the rich are not depicted as uh evil uh surprisingly in this movie but they are definitely depicted as uh crazy <laughs> and very st- more eccentric yeah eccentric eccentric would be the right word yeah
0: the actor that plays um oliver who you know on screen looks extremely short like he looks next to the very tall Felix, and I did read on IMDb that he's eight, so he's not super short. Like, he looks really short in the film. They've obviously picked everyone to be taller and filmed him in such a way that he's, you know, perspective, that he looks a bit smaller than everybody. But he's really, really slightly below average height, for an Australian anyway. I don't know about it. In Germany, he'd be considered a midget, I know, because they're all like 6'10", except for you. <laughs> Uh,
1: I don't know what you're talking about. I'm 6'10 uh, for anyone. Listening.
0: <laughs> I can actually remember when we lived together, I told Gregor that I was the same height as him and he was absolutely disgusted. <laughs> and he, and I had to stand next to him and take my shoes off and I'm a little bit shorter than him, but not that much. And he was like, see, I am taller." So there you go, there you go. The German superiority thing is alive and kicking. <laughs>
1: But uh, bringing up his curly wick, you make it to the same height as me. Make it to the
0: same height, yes.
1: The movie is, uh, yeah, I would agree visually very interesting. And there are some some cross-out scenes uh, there, which I think uh, got people quite talking a bit. And it's also quite why this movie is getting now like a very much of a hype. Yeah, I think it 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 started under the radar, but now I had multiple people coming to me and like, have you seen Salt Burn with quite positive feedback mostly? And they were like, you have to watch it. So that's also why I was like, Jared, we have to watch it. We have to talk about it. People are talking about it. And I think part of that success story is there is uh, there are some, there's some really uh, interesting scenes in it. For example, one where Oliver drinks the a uh, bathtub water after Felix, the hot guy, masturbated in the bathtub. How did you feel about these scenes?
0: <laughs> Look, I, to be honest, I had read that that happened, so I wasn't looking forward to it, but I, I just thought it was, I think in some ways, those scenes, and there's a few, there's another couple of gross ones, uh, sort of detracted he's from fucking,
1: uh, He's fucking a crave also, so that, is, uh, that I thought was even visually... Uh, even funnier.
0: And he seduces his sister to Ella. He seduces um, Felix's sister, and she's you know, going through her time of the month, but he goes ahead anyway in a very quite gross way. So, um, yeah, but I, I don't know. I thought those things almost detracted from it. It was almost like, oh, we don't have anything controversial about this movie. We better throw these things in. You know, like I don't think they necessarily – I thought maybe the bath plug one, maybe, maybe, but I thought the others, no. I just thought they were just put in there for, just for shock value. And it did work because that's got them a lot of publicity.
1: It it definitely feels a bit unorganic sometimes. The whole character, Oliver, um, we can maybe go into that later. I have some issues with the movie logic-wise, but... But just talking about the about the scenes, for example, um, when when Oliver is fucking the grave. So basically what happens later is that um, there's this uh, big party after the reveal that um, Oliver made up his whole backstory to Felix. They still go ahead and throw this party because it's all been organized, apparently, Uh, like you said, Jared, some logic uh, errors. And then in the next morning, Felix is dead. We don't really know what happened. So there's a traumatic funeral. And then after all the um, guests leave, Oliver goes ahead and fucks the grave with uh, Felix in it. So on that point, for example, uh, I know I said, okay, if he's such a sociopath um, and it later turns out a big spoiler that that he killed um, Felix, wouldn't he like truck or kill Felix and then rape him? and not fuck the crave. so it felt like a bit, okay, not, that would be too gruesome, we can't show that, that would take the mm. crazy, funky mood out of the movie, so let's show him fucking a crave. it's funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, I suppose, though, if he had done that, he would have, could have possibly been pinned, the murder could possibly have been pinned on him, that's all. Oh, that's a good point. Huh. You know, he would have been, but about that. now I have to ask, I missed it, how did he actually murder him? Yeah, so basically
1: what... uh, Did he poison
0: him? Was he poisoning him? Is that what
1: happened? Yeah, maybe we should summarize it a little bit for people who have not watched it, but still uh, want to hear what happens, what I like to do sometimes with movies. Um, So basically, um, it turns later out that uh, Oliver has like an intricate plan where he basically planned to kill most of the rich family and take over the castle. And uh, first of all, he kills felix at the party by poisoning um alcohol and giving him the the bottle to drink you know when they're in the
0: Mm. i thought that's what it was but they were talking about in the autopsy that it was like a drug overdose so i was like what happened
1: i guess he put drugs in the in the drink that's probably the and and then felix's sister um Sadie. he i'm not sure if he even kills her or he motivates her to commit suicide after Felix Death? How did that you was about all that? a
0: bit that was uh, that's another one because I wondered if the one that I s the version that I saw might have been edited. Because it seemed like he was gonna kill her, but then she killed herself.
1: Yeah, it seems like he just put the razor blades on the on the bathtub to motivate her. That was a bit Yeah, there are definitely some um Points in the movie where the where the writers or the writer made it quite easy for themselves. And then in the end, uh, Oliver also kills uh, the mother, Elsbeth, and um, takes over the castle.
0: And did you so notice the father was Richard E. Grant? It took me a while to work that out. Now, do you know who Richard E. Grant is?
1: Honestly, I know him from quite some movies, but um, I'm sure there's more to him. Let me know.
0: Well, in the 80s, he was a bit of a when he was very young, he was a bit of a, you know, um, sort of an indie prince for movies. Like it's hard to believe, and he did this one particular movie that he's really famous for. Although it does get too much of a mention now because it's um it's pretty pretty like the humor in it just wouldn't fly today. Is probably the best way to put it. And it's a movie called With Nail and I and it's really funny it was like a movie you know you'd all gather around to watch and everyone would laugh and i was really it was quite nice to see him in a role where he plays you know a father and he didn't really i didn't have a great role in it but i still thought he did really well
1: yeah he has um very impressive imdb with nay and i in 1987 okay
0: that was a huge flick in the 80s that one huge you can see he's,
1: an, he's a character actor. He, he also plays it very interesting in the movie.
0: He actually uh-huh. wrote a couple of bios too that were quite interesting. So anyone who's a bit of a film buff, he did write a couple of bios and they were quite, you know, about his experiences on set with people. Not gossipy, but there's a bit of, you know, a few revelations in them that a bit make them a bit more interesting than the average, you know, biography. So if you liked him, he's, with Nail and I, i definitely recommend it. Although maybe not, the humor may not fly today, though I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> all
1: right, yeah. I will put it on my list. Anyway, uh, what what did we think about the actors? We haven't we haven't I haven't even mentioned uh the actors name, so Oliver's played by Barry Hugan, which I remembered from The Banshees of the Inisheren, um, where he plays very well, I found. And uh, Felix, uh, the rich boy is played by Jacob Alordi, which I guess is famous for, like I know I told me for the Kissing Booth series on Netflix. So he's coming from uh, a romantic comedy uh, for teenagers background, a little bit like um, a little bit like Robert Pattinson, I guess, trying to get more into uh, some uh, more indie, crazy, serious adult projects now. What did you think about them?
0: Um, I thought I thought they were physically perfectly cut. I thought Felix was tall and handsome and just the sort of person when I went to uni, that sort of person was really popular and you know, he's very good looking, very modelly. whereas Oliver, still a really good looking guy. If you look at photos of him now, like he's he's very good looking. But they obviously dressed him down, he put on a bit of weight and all that sort of stuff. And they
1: but Oliver is quite a bit naked in the movie, and he has a good oh, body. That's actually, always the thing right. I feel like, right? It's like it's like in this movie, Oh, this guy's super nerdy and he wears glasses, and yes, he has a very interesting nerdy <laughs> face, Oliver. But then again, he's like super sexy and like runs around naked in the end in the house to murder on the dance floor. But but anyway,
0: uh, no, no, well, oh, and I do have a story. I have a brush with fame from this story. The final song, Murder on the Dance Floor, was done by Sophie ellis Baxter. Now, when that album came out, she came for a visit to Australia. I was working at home and she was going to be interviewed by MTV, which was over at Fox Studios in Sydney. And I was walking over to Fox Studios to go and see a movie during the day to fill in time while I waited for my work to come back. And she was in the parking lot when I walked through the parking lot and she smiled at me and said Hello. So, and she's very it's interesting because if you look at the clip, oh no, like she's very um, British looking and very pale and everything. But when you actually see she's quite freckly and quite little, it's quite Good. it's quite interesting to see. She's quite cute more than sort of this icy English goddess, particularly if you see Murder on the floor clip. She looks very sophisticated, but she's actually quite smiley and, you know, little freckles on a pretty little face. So um, maybe yeah, that's my that's my brush with fame. for her. but this maybe film? if
1: you would have would have been a bit younger at that time, she might have taken you to her family castle, like uh, Felix took <laughs> Oliver as well. <laughs> she saw probably the, the poor little Geraldo and was like, oh
0: ah, uh, isn't
1: I, he? I can change this guy.
0: Oh look, I had my moments when I went to uni because I was from a a background not as well off as some of my friends. And I went back to their house and I was like, wow, like you live here. You know, I had a bit of that going, but no one was getting killed or anything like that. Like and maybe if I'd been more energetic, they might have. But, but yeah, I was a bit, I remember going back to people's houses going, wow, you live here. This is how
1: your family lives. I was quite surprised. I uh, can't, can't say the same, maybe more the other way around, to be honest. So maybe we are uh, Felix and uh, Oliver.
0: <laughs> Which one's Felix and Oliver? Which one? <laughs> depending on
1: i leave that story. to
0: the to the listeners to the listeners to make it okay so no, but uh, but, uh,
1: but i thought also that um i don't even know after this movie if jacob lordy is a good actor or if he just looks handsome but he was perfectly cast I totally agree he would have been like the popular uh, sexy guy at uh, any high school and college and uh, i also really want to uh, point out um rosamund pike as the mom very over the top but she she really goes for it i really liked her performance as well so.
0: who is rosamund pike i have no idea like i've heard the name a million times but is she some sort of british it girl from the 90s or something like what is it
1: oh she's i would say one of the more famous british actors from the last 10 15 years oh, okay. but she started out a bit like like bond girl like more the sexy asset and she rather late in her career got her big breakthrough with uh, Gone Girl.
0: oh that that's movie? where I know her from. Yeah, but that she, makes sense. yeah, yeah,
1: she, she's not often been a leading woman. To be fair, I think she's often like cast as the as the uh, good supporting actress. But I, I loved her in Gone Girl. I loved that movie, and uh, since then she has a special place in my in my movie heart.
0: Well, I thought it was okay. I don't know much about it to be honest. But
1: well, one one thing I wanted to point out. That's what keeps the movie a bit on a lower level than, than, for example, The Talented Mr. Ripley, uh, which I think a great, great 90s movie with uh, Matt Damon and Jude Law and Gwyneth Paltrow, all the sexy people of the 90s. Yeah, one thing that movie misses, what Mr. Ripley had, is for me a bit uh, character motivation. Like I get in Ripley that basically Matt Damon and the anti. He, he wants, he admires this guy. He wants to live this life. He then almost accidentally kills him and takes over his character. Makes like really sense to me. But in this movie, it's like, what is Oliver's motivation here? He wants to kill rich people, but then he also wants to have the castle for himself. And he like, he starts killing people. Then he gets thrown out of the castle and then he waits 15 years till the dad dies and comes back to finish his job that that felt like very movie for me and didn't really make much sense in real life
0: yeah i would go along with that too i would i thought that final scene i was like where they meet again supposedly by chance i was like what as if the mother would be like it's great to see you you know like she because there is while all the mayhem is going on the family is discussing why is this guy here and what's going on and why is he at the funeral and and you would be really suspicious if you know your two children died while their friend was there like people would be going oh something going on here yes so there was there was those kind of weird laps i felt that bit where he saw i felt the bit where he met the mother you know 15 years later was almost ridiculous you know what i mean it was like So he's nearly 40 and now he's got the castle and hasn't he done anything else in the meantime that might've, you know, and plus you'd think he'd be trying to evade suspicion, you know, at least a little bit, you know, uh, rather than team up with them again. And then the mother dies. Someone would go, look, wait a minute.
1: And it seemed like
0: the mother, the mother died right away, basically. Yeah. Yeah. She slowly got poisoned and then he pulled the, you know, the cord out and, she basically suffocated and then he yeah, danced then, around the high snood yeah that also from an emotional perspective
1: the mom sees him again after 15 years and she's like oh great that was that kid that was there when all of my children died so lovely to see him again brings back great memories let's get it back into the castle
0: yeah there were a few strange bits there but overall now we should probably give this a rating now so how many sterner would you give this
1: Overall, I would give it uh, three and a half, three and a half sterne um, out of five. It's something unique. It's a a unique story, self-written, something original that doesn't happen too often these days. So an interesting movie, something like you haven't seen before, I would say. Give it a watch. How about you?
0: Yeah, look, I would give it a solid three and a half as well. But I would also say watch the talented Mr. Ripley because I think it's done a lot better. But having said that, this film is really entertaining. I think most people – it's its its slowish. It's slowish. Um, so if you're someone who likes a bit of action, you'll be pretty bored, I think. But it's certainly worth a view and, you know, it sort of – it fits in nicely with cinemas sort of evolving a bit more now, I thought. I think – There was a time there, you know, like in a movie like this, normally the rich people would be terrible and the poor people would be virtuous. But now it was kind of nice that that wasn't the case. So I felt, you know, they're getting past those cliches that people feel they should have. And I think that's good.
1: You know, what's interesting, the uh, writer and director, Emirate Farrell, she actually she's British and she comes quite from royalty. Um, Oh, so. uh, I think her godfather is Andrew Lloyd Webber.
0: Really? Wow. Mm. Well, she's so, from the, up, the upper parts of British society.
1: So it makes makes the message of the movie kind of interesting, if there is a message. It's like, what is she trying to say? <laughs> the middle well, class is killing us.
0: <laughs> I guess, yeah, Oh, yeah, I suppose when you think about it that way, but she's still, I, I suppose that's why the wealthy, the scenes of the wealthy family do actually work because the director's quite familiar with it. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't come and across think as it, a parody. It sort of comes across as quite genuine.
1: Yeah, I, I guess uh, there, there were these families. And she was growing up at that time as well, so I think in the end she probably just wanted to write a surprising story and maybe we should not be over-interpreting it. And, yeah, it succeeded in that way. The rich okay. get eaten this time.
0: Oh, <laughs> Well, um, I'm not sure what we'll do next. I haven't really thought about it. I'll have to give it some thought. But Gregor, who is in Germany at the moment, is coming to Australia sometime. We won't say when, um, but he is coming to Australia. So not that it'll make any difference to this podcast. but
1: You should bring a microphone to Sydney if you can make it, and then we'll do a live podcast recording. We'll do
0: a and a That would be interesting exactly. because... Who would ask the questions? <laughs> in, in, the, get... in, the,
1: in the Sydney Opera, we'll do a big uh, live podcasting and Q&A. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, there is a story in at, at the Opera House where there was a man who wanted to play his piano in the Opera House. So he literally booked the concert hall for a night, you know, paid for it and had his own concert in the Opera House. And to book it is like, you know, quite expensive. You know, it's not like 50 bucks. So he actually held his own concert for one night in the opera house, which is pretty gutsy. But we won't be doing that unless Greg or Poe um, Yeah,
1: I'm afraid uh, the money's already gone for the for the travel trip.
0: so as well.